Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, folks. I am John Nigerian, and on this edition of Compound Interests, it was my great pleasure to meet and discuss life and goals with Martin Ford. Um, that's M-A-R-T-Y-N, Ford Official is his Instagram handle. You won't believe the craziness that has occurred in this guy's life going from a skinny young guy to now being one of the top action stars in the world. Um, Martin Ford has been in uh, movies with Pierce Brosnan, Dave Batista, Colin Firth, Taron Edgerton, and now he's coming out in uh, Fast and Furious 9, which might be the biggest box office in history. This one might break Avengers record, especially with the reopening and so forth, folks. That's got Charlize Theron, Vin Diesel, Ludacris, uh, Tyrese, uh, John Cena playing Mart, uh, playing uh, Vin Diesel's brother in this one. It's going to be a fabulous, huge movie. Uh, and I also want you to really focus in on how Martin went from basically getting knocked all the way down to as low as he could be, and then said, well, if I'm at the bottom, the only place to go is up. That's a great message for all of us to not quit and to instead view any setback as, well, I, yeah, I guess I didn't make that trade so well, or I guess I could have done this better. Well, that means you've got nowhere to go but up. This guy's going up, up, up. Enjoy the interview with Martin Ford and uh, make sure you send us some comments. Thank you. Hey, buddy. Absolute pleasure to be here. I hope you will. I am. I am. Uh, and I, I found out already, folks, that I mispronounced Staffordshire. Uh, I pronounced it Staffordshire, and he said Staffordshire. <laughs> Staffordshire, John. <laughs> that, it sounds good both ways to me, buddy. <laughs> um, one of the questions I have to start off with, Martin, is that you are a great inspiration. I see your workouts on uh, Instagram in particular where this guy, folks, is going through insane workouts. He's got bands on and he's, you know, pulling cars, pulling trucks. Um, he's running across country roads, running up hills um, <laughs> with a rucksack or whatever, or carrying something up a hill. Uh, it, it truly did inspire me, by the way, Martin, to uh, now I work out with a weight vest. I put on 40 pounds. I grab two 10 pound weights again, not Martin Ford, but, uh, at six, two and two ten, I'm not six, eight and three forty or wherever, <laughs> whatever scale you're at these days, but it certainly is inspiring. And the idea that you never give up is something else. I think that's really inspiring, not just, uh, that you work out hard, which is admirable, but that you always tell people never give up. How did you build that mindset? Oh, buddy, well, thank you very much for the introduction, first of all. Um, and this is, this is a mindset that I'm definitely trying to, to move into more of a movement and, and, and to try and really push out there the importance of, of not giving up. And, 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 and we're also, we're launching something at the moment, um, which is, a, a, like I said, it's a movement on the importance of not looking at disappointment and rejection and failure as a negative, but using it as a positive. Because in my opinion, and, and from, from experience, 
when you hit rock bottom, that's the ultimate place where you can really start to build something of fantastic structure. If you look at any of the great buildings in the world, they all start from ground up. So when you are at that place where you can't see any light, the way I like to, to look at that is that that gives you the, the ideal starting point to actually be um, progressive and to really start to enjoy the, the possibility of change. And for me, that's that's my mindset. When I hit rock bottom or when I hit failure, to me, it's like, well, I've, I've hit that ultimate worst. Now all I can do is improve and refuse to not have that mindset is is, is something I've learned from a young age. I'm, I was... I was a very young kid when I first experienced and tasted failure um, and, and, and also experienced um, what it was like not to be accepted and, and to go through that stage, which I'm sure lots of people out here will have of, of being bullied. I wasn't excessively bullied, but I, I never, I was a big kid. I was quite chunky. I was very tall. I stood out. So when I was at school, I was always a prime victim for, for someone to, to make that joke or to pick on or so on. So from a very young age, I had that mindset where if I'm not strong, I'm going to get pushed over. So I had to be strong. And I've took that from, from being uh, eight, nine years of age, straight up until where I am now. And it, and, it, and it gives you that fight or flight moment where it's you're either going to be a success or you're going to be a failure. But ultimately, it comes down to you as an individual on which path you want to take. No one else can tell you what path to take. You have to, you have to take accountability and you have to stand up and you have to take, um, you have to take control of what reactions you're going to put to an action. And for me, that's, I learned that from a very young age. It was life's horrible. Life's hard. No, life's not easy. It's not, nothing's given to you on a plate. If you don't, um, if, if you haven't got the strength and the mindset and the ability to appreciate and understand that, then unfortunately life's going to just get worse. And, and for me, I was very fortunate from a young age, like I said, to, to realize that nothing's given to you, nothing's promised to you. You have to work for it. You have to deserve it. You have to earn it. And if you're willing to do that, you can get whatever you want from life, but you've got to put the foundations into place. So whether that's education, whether that's training, whether that's commitment, dedication to, to whatever it is, it's the same process. It's having the ability to take a step back, see what needs to be put into place, and then have the focus and dedication to follow that through. Well, I, I agree. Um, and like I say, you're inspiring to a lot of folks, probably millions of people um, that love to hear that message, Martin. So keep, keep that up, please. Um, and folks, uh, looking at him now, you would say, my God, he must have been the biggest prop on a rugby uh, pitch. Uh, no, this is a guy that was a cricketeer. Um, mm -hmm. He was a cricket player, um, had considerable success as a cricket player. But then, like you say, uh, once you got to that highest level, you didn't break through to that next level. And so you had to rebuild and no, you basically I rebuilt your body, not just your mind. 100%. And, th and there's more to that story that a lot of people don't know. Um, I, I was a very successful and very good cricket player. I got an injury. I also had a mental breakdown at the age of 19, which was brought on by two or three massive events in my life. Granddad passing away, um, breaking for a relationship, uh, the ending of my cricket career, which then forced me into having an issue with food. Um, doctors would 
but the branding of being anorexic. So I actually had so much going on at a very young age. Um, and, and, and you know what it's like when you're 18, 19, you're at that point in your life where you, you think you're a man, but you're not a man. And you have all of the aspirations and desires. And, and, and you, for me, I was already successful at something. And I thought in my head, I was like, right, well, that's it. Cricket is my career. I had that confidence, that air of arrogance that I was set, I was good. And then literally overnight, it just stopped. So to deal with that as a, as a young adult was, um, was very difficult. And, and that for me gave me my, my first massive low in my life when I was 18, 19, I had a breakdown um, and a good six months, I was, I was in a very dark place. So I think that for me was, was definitely a turning point in my life. Um, and, and like you said, it, it, it hit a point where it's like, well, I can't stay here. So I need to make a change. And for me, I looked at everything that was bad about where I was, I was very underweight, I wasn't healthy, I, I wasn't enjoying life. And I decided to create this ultra ego, like what could I look like, what could I be? And I was like, that's the man I wanna be. Hence, adding all that weight, the tattoos, the persona, I was like, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna create this ultra ego into a real person. Um, and then here today, here he is. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even think The Rock or Batista have as many tattoos as you from what no, I've seen. Because frequently, <laughs> folks, if, if you follow um, Martin Ford, uh, you will see that, uh, you know, when he's working out, he's working out uh, with a pair of shorts on, frequently topless. Um, so you're seeing just massive amounts of tats on his legs, on the side of his neck, all the way up onto his head, down both arms. I mean, you know, why did that start? Uh, well, like you say, this was to create that persona. This was, this was just me basically rebelling against the world, <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was, it was the world saying to me, "You can't do this, and you can't do that, and you won't fit in if you're this person." And me going, "Do you know what? What if I did? What if I shaved my head? What if I got face tattoos? What if I put on X amount of muscle?" What if I created this character and everyone's saying, you can't do it. You shouldn't do it. You won't do it. And I, and for me, it was like, I will. And, <laughs> and not only that, I actually, it, it, I, I still to this day say, if it wasn't for the muscle I added, the tattoos I placed on my body, I would not be in the position I am today. No way. So by creating and going against the blend, going against the direction that the, the crowd went and standing out as an individual, I've then created this absolute dream life that I'm now living. So not one day do I regret the, the tattoos, the muscle, the any, any, any of the, the, the path and the journey I've been through has ultimately took me to where I am today. Well, um, I think the first movie that I saw you in, Martin, um, because uh, I, I've, I've heard you say that, uh, you know, uh, you had some people that put you under their wing and that helped you out a lot. We've all, uh, I think all successful people have somebody that um, saw something different in you and was willing to help you out, flew down to South Africa, um, film, you know, did your reading, did the film. But the first one that I saw you in was uh, Final Score. Uh, mm -hmm. with Dave Batista, where you, <laughs> you play one of the villains, you know, one of the assassins yeah. that shows up at a soccer stadium 
that you guys are going to control and you're going to get Pierce Brosnan or whatever to turn for the uh, for his brother or whatever, who's running a Soviet state or something like that. And uh, that was a fabulous role for you. And it really kind of let you uh, come out as uh, this, you know, physical beast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's this girl that's in love with you. It looks like, you know, your paramour or whatever. And the two of you are both killers. And then you're chasing <laughs> down Batista. And Dave Batista is one of the biggest stars in the world as well. Yeah. Tell us what it was like to work with him and with Pierce Brosnan. Dave has been a, a very close friend ever since that film. Um, and for me, it was a, it was one of the moments in my career where you sort of step back and you pinch yourself to where you are. I just remember going, it was, I think that was probably the biggest film up until that point that I'd filmed. Um, and I remember walking into the football stadium and for me being a, a you know, English football is our, it's 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 everything so for me to walk into West Ham's stadium it was a bit surreal and then walking behind um you know all backstage was again it was very surreal and then I remember getting fitted for costume and and I heard Dave's voice coming from the other side of of the curtains and then I was like oh my god it was Dave Batista you know he's like childhood hero and uh and all I could hear was um one of the runners going up to go oh Martin Martin Ford's outside do you want to meet him? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's turned around and he went, hell no. <laughs> he said, hey, am I going to be in a film with someone that's bigger than I am? <laughs> and that was the that was the first the first meeting we had. And then ever since that day, we just got on extremely well. I'm not sure if you if you've met Dave or or, or been, no. his, been with him. He's he's the most um the nicest, quietest just nothing what you would expect um humble kind-hearted i i think for dave i think as much as he loves the life he lives i think he he also really appreciates just being a normal a normal person and hates the the idea of being a celebrity um he he's just so everyday folk uh he, he's you know he's absolute gem of a person to to, to know and, and honored to be a friend of. Hello, my friends. I am John Nigerian, the host of Compound Interests, and I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe that you're looking for on eBay. They are the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to cop that pair that you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by an independent professional authenticator. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your entire collection. Call to action, yeah? Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. That's ebay.com forward slash sneakers today, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. eBay, thank you.
Well, and uh, and that's said by Martin folks after uh, you guys had a, a a stunt kind of gone wrong. I mean, you know, when you've got two guys of that size, when one guy's six four or six three and yeah. two hundred and sixty pounds, and you've got Martin at six seven, six eight, three hundred and forty, and they're going at it. These are gigantic stuntmen. I mean, obviously wrestlers are gigantic stuntmen and then you take it to the next level. So when he hit you with something, it wasn't quite supposed to go off that way, was it? Oh, no, so what, what happened was, I don't, I don't know how you know this story. <laughs> what happened was I, I kicked Dave back into uh, in the kitchen and he's supposed to knock into these vases and there was three vases, two real hard plastic, and one was a breakable. So he's gone into them. And the first time he's flew into it, we've knocked all the vases down so that the dummy vases broke. And we had two more and, and, and someone joked from the back, was like, you better not mess this up. We've only got two more vases. And this was a big scene. So we've done the same again. In fact, I think Dave picked it up and gone, he went, oh, we're not gonna break this one. As he's put it down, it's broke. So that was two dummy vases broke. So all the pressure was on this last scene. I've kicked Dave. He's grabbed the vase, smashed it into my head. As he smashed it, realized it was the real vase. <laughs> that scene was never meant to be. It never made it to the movie. Unfortunately, it would have been a fantastic part um, if it would have made it because it, it didn't have to connect. <laughs> well, um, and like you said, that was the biggest movie to that point. Um, yeah. Then you did Kingsman Golden Circle. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, another great spot for you to sort of um, introduce you to the public as this giant, uh, you know, uh, menacing person. Yeah. And now you've got probably one of the biggest movies in the world, if not the biggest movie this year, I'll yeah. be surprised. And that's Fast and Furious 9. Yeah, You're with I, believe, I believe that it's the biggest franchise ever. Mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty sure financially it's the, the biggest franchise ever. So to be involved in something of that magnitude at such an early stage of my career was, was phenomenal. I mean, for me, it was, a, it was a bittersweet because I'm sure you were aware of a couple of years ago, my stomach, the problems I had with my stomach and, and uh, the massive surgery I had. So I wasn't in the best of shapes i wasn't as big as uh, as i would have liked to have been um so to shoot that movie for me was kind of it was phenomenal but i just wish it would have been either before or now <laughs> but it's the same as everything that happens in my life it's like it's going it's going it's going and then something happens and it comes back down and it's going it's going it's going so it's it's one of them where it was a fantastic film to shoot but I've still got that in me where I'm like, I can do better. I know I can do more and I know I'm going to do more. And this year we've had a fantastic year with what's going on. Um, even with the pandemic, I've been absolutely blessed. There's, you know, there's a lot going on uh, in the TV world for me. There's a lot going on uh, production wise and the opportunities are coming. We've had, I think we've had four or five films we've turned down so far this year, just because it's very difficult to go from a film like Fast and Furious and then to do a TV show such as The Nevers, which is a fantastic show for HBO, to then look for that next step, it's either got to be the same level or above. So where do you find <laughs> the same right. level? 
pull her above. It's a, it, it, for me, a, a, you know, at this stage of my career now, it's like, I want to go, I want to go delve more into the, to, to having a character with dialogue. And I want to delve, delve more into creating a character um, on screen and, and ideally one that doesn't die. <laughs> that would be nice. So it's, it's just keeping that progression going throughout the career. Right. Well, I mean, and, and this one, I mean, so you're a guy who's already been with Batista, been mm -hmm. with Colin Firth, Oscar winner, um, Taron Edgerton, I think, or is it? Yeah, I think it's Edgerton, um, you know, who did uh, Elton John, Rocket yeah. Man and all that. But those were those two guys were with you in Golden Circle. And now you're with uh, arguably the biggest group of stars, like you mm -hmm. said, in the biggest franchise there is. Yeah. I mean, Vin Diesel, um, who he must have had a similar reaction to you that uh, Dave Batista did only more because yeah. Batista's bigger than Vin and Vin is very well built, but he's still not Martin Ford. <laughs> and yeah, then you've got John Cena yeah. and then beauty. You've got Charlize Theron. And uh, I mean, this is going to be huge. Ludicrous, um, you know, Tyrese, it, it's an all-star cast. Yeah. It but, was a huge cast. I mean, we had Helen Mirren was on there. There was, oh, yeah. um, obviously there's michelle it was you, everywhere you looked there was just superstars on top of superstars and 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 for me to be in the same trailer park as that was just ridiculous <laughs> did vin uh come up to you at all and kid with yeah, you at all we had we had one night where we were shooting a night scene there was there was me vin and Torre, who's a, another actor in the in the film and there was there was about 250 supermodels um, and there was about 50 supercars at this massive um, house. And it was just the most surreal night ever. Like just sat there talking to him. I remember having a conversation with him about his, his, his childhood and his, his parents and how he grew up in the theater and so on. It was just, you, you know, you listen to words spoken by someone like that. And each one seems like you're having a, you're having a dream to be honest, because it's such a surreal situation to find yourself in for someone who up until the age of 32 was just a personal trainer <laughs> well fantastic well, by the way um uh and you probably are aware of this too but uh steven seagal who's of course not built anything like martin ford folks but um he was a personal trainer he was a uh, a martial arts expert that trained people in hollywood and eventually got his start that way um so uh it, it's it's not terribly unique that somebody who keeps themselves in such phenomenal shape and that can train others to do that um, gets noticed by people and they say, wouldn't that guy be good in our film mm -hmm. um, or in our, uh, the Nevers? By the way, what is the Nevers about on HBO? This is going to be a series, right? Nevers is going to be, honestly, I think the Nevers is going to be the next big thing. It is huge. The, the cast is phenomenal. The production has been absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's been shooting for a while now because we, obviously we've had the problem with the pandemic and there was some changes back uh, behind the scenes. But it's a Victorian drama about supernatural uh, individuals with these powers that uh, it just comes together as one of the most dynamic and well-written scripts of I've, I've I've ever had the honor of reading and my character odium in it he 
I, I don't want to say too much because it's going to be a surprise, but the, the character is one that for me was an absolute dream to play because he's got this power and he's got this ability to, to, to be greater than other people. And um, he's the ultimate villain. It's just everything I could want wrapped up into one story. And, and the, honestly, when this gets released, I think this is going to blow minds. There's the stuff that happens in in this TV show, and and I'm so honoured to be part of it. That one of the, one of the scenes that we're in, which has never been done before, is going to shock people with how it's been shot and the the production quality and and the way the way it looks. Obviously, I've seen the scene. I've done the ADR extra for it since. So I've seen it all put together and just. Even being part of the scene, watching it, I'm like, how did we do that? <laughs> so it's, I, I think it would be something. And what's what's great about it for me is it's something that I can actually finally watch with my children and I can watch with my mom and I can watch with my grandma. And it's it's got something for everyone. It's it's something that I think you will love. I think it's something that, you know, my, my daughter will love. It's, it, it's one of them shows that has so much to offer and so much to give to so many different audiences. I think it would drive this to be one of the best TV shows on, on, well, in the world, which is, again, to be involved with something like that is absolutely phenomenal for me. Well, and, you know, when, when I heard that you were doing it, I immediately thought of Game of Thrones mm -hmm. because for Jason Momoa, who's also a friend of yours, yeah, you know, there are some <laughs> of these vehicles, as, as they say in Hollywood, um, these vehicles that focus on a character like yours or like Jason's in Game of Thrones, even if he's only in one season, yeah. made his career. 100%. I mean, just absolutely exploded him yeah. all the way to Aquaman and all these others, Justice mm -hmm. League or whatever. Um, I think that, uh, you know, knock on wood, Martin, this will be that for you. Well, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm going to take away the heart from... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> This character is definitely not one that women are going to be pinning on the wall, put it that way. <laughs> uh -huh. I, I think, you know, I'd, I'd love to have that opportunity where I find that show and that character that I can take from paper and, and create that character into something that becomes iconic of the series. Um, you know, I had, a, I had a really good conversation um, this week, actually, early part of the week with the uh, with the team at the nevers and this was something we were discussing so who knows where that can go fingers crossed it could be absolutely huge um there like i said there's a few things going on this year which i i'm always of the of the thinking that if you knock a door long enough it opens eventually and you've just got to be ready to take that opportunity when it does open to step in and, and to own that space so, so the nevers is coming out on hbo do you yes. know the approximate launch date yet? April, I believe. Okay, so not far from right now. Far at all. I've, I've got the TV ready. I've got the sofas, sofa cushions all pumped up. <laughs> yeah. And and then, you know, not long after that, uh, Fast and Furious 9. May the 27th, I believe that's coming out in the cinema. But that's that's at about five start dates. So that's the that's the one that I'm I'm aware of at the moment. So fingers crossed, not, not far away. Yep, knock on wood. Um, Martin, you also, I, I, I mean, in addition to making some great career decisions and obviously having good management, because we both know that you, once you get to that level, you need somebody who's listening to the pitches and saying, nope, that's not for Martin. 
um, we got to be at this level or higher for the next offering and so forth. So I get that. But you're also an entrepreneur with, you've kept up with the personal training, although I imagine it's quite dear <laughs> to get Martin Ford to be your personal trainer. Um, so I imagine you have a team around that and you have a team around nutrition. So um, maybe since so many of the folks that are listening to this are people that are traders um, and they want to take their trading to the next level, they also want to pay attention to their body and get that body in as good a shape and have it running like, you know, like the Ferraris or Maseratis that you're driving around in. Uh, so how did you get involved with the uh, uh, supplements? Obviously, it's an offshoot from the personal training, but you have both now. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was an absolute no-brainer. I've, I've always been interested in business. Business has, has been something that's interested me from a from a young child. Like when when I finished playing cricket, I went back into education and I, I did uh, sports science and I did business studies and psychology. So it was it was always evolved around fitness was my passion, and then I had to figure a way to make a living from my passion after cricket had finished. So what I what I've done as I've as I've gone through the years, um, I've realised that if you have a business that will, that goes to one specific demographic, and you can then utilise that demographic with four or five income streams, it really allows you to target an audience which can which you can just take bits out of. Um, so for instance, the personal training, it was an absolute no-brainer that people who train will also want to buy supplementation. So if they're listening to me on how they should eat and how they should train, it's a no-brainer they're going to listen, listen to me when I say, right, you need to take this supplement and this supplement. So that's where the idea from the supplementation came. And then it was like, well, if they're going to go to the gym, they're going to wear clothes. So why not launch a clothing brand? Again, same demographic, different different uh, area of, of financing in their bank balance. So I try to, the, the companies that I launch, I try and make sure that I already have that demographics attention. So that when I launch the new company, I can simply put that in front of them and I've already got a customer base. So I haven't got to reinvent my customer base. The customer base is there. I'm just giving them a new product to spend money on. And that's why every, every business that I have, I've got clothing, I've got personal training online, I've got online training app, I've got gyms, I've got personal training studios, and I've got clothing. Every single one of them will hit a target area. Um, and, and, and it's very easy for me then to, to, to launch a new product and to, to, to sell it without wasting excessive money on trying to find that audience which already exists. Absolutely. Well, and uh, I was just pulling up uh, Martin Ford official is your Instagram, I believe. And that's M-A-R-T-Y-N folks, Martin Ford and Ford, just like the car. Um, maybe we'll finish up with that, Martin. You, you are, you're a car nut. I mean, I see you when, you know, you're uh, going to the car dealership and you thought you were <laughs> just going to look and you had it on your Instagram, you thought you were just going to look and then you have to call your wife. Hey, honey, can you get the bank to transfer some money so I can, I, I'm going to buy this one or whatever. True story. Um, first of all, I'm shocked that a guy you're, so I'm 6'2", 2'10". Yeah. Um, I have trouble fitting in some of these cars. 
Mm. Do you have to take out the seat? Do you have to have it specially <laughs> rocked back? Or you know what? The some of the Ferraris you're not going to fit in. Yeah, I mean Lamborghinis are a definite no-no. The Ferraris, <laughs> I'm actually, you know, some of the Ferraris are actually quite quite room roomy inside, ish. <laughs> <laughs> I think because I don't have a center console, I can sort of allow my left leg to take part of the passenger's <laughs> leg room. And then I, I sort of have the right leg to drive. And then as long as, you know, there's a convertible, I can get my head straight when it's not raining and the roof's down. I mean, let's not, let's not lie. It's not a comfortable drive, but it's a Ferrari. <laughs> right. You can squeeze in and, and get in as, as much as you can. But the, um, you know, they, they, they do have some of the, they do have some cars which are more uh, more roomy than others, but I think for me, it's, I think any, well, you are. Yeah. <laughs> any, any, any kid wants his dream. <laughs> and, and for me, that's what that was always about. Um, day to day, we drive around in the, the Mercedes, uh, the, big, the big four by fours, um, and the Maserati Levante, great car, great car for just popping around. You know, I don't know if you've been in one of them yet, but um, you know, I do. I love my cars, absolutely love my cars. And unfortunately, like you, some of the ones that I really do enjoy, I just can't drive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they're not to look at. <laughs> yeah, they they look great. Um, and one last thing, uh, the watch. I mean, yeah. you, I, I love to wear big watches. I'm not wearing any today but I love to wear big watches. Yours takes it to another level. I mean, that thing's got to weigh five pounds. Um, yeah, what watch is that? Yeah. <laughs> what watch is that? We've got, I've got a few of them. This one's a, an S watch, so it's a, it's a specific oversized a watch. I think this is definitely a good five or six pound watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, mine, when I find a big one, it's like, 55 millimeter case or something like that. That thing looks like it must be 70. I mean, that yeah. thing is huge. A it's Submariner pretty, type. It's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. Well, a pretty big watch for a pretty big guy. Martin, you've been very generous with your time. Thank you. I can't wait for the Nevers. And then of course, Fast and Furious 9 and anything else that's coming uh, our way from you. You're an inspiration. Um, I love that part about, you know, if once you get down as low as you can get, the only way to go is up. It's very and I true. think that's a great message for all of us. Martin Ford, thank you today, sir. Absolute pleasure, buddy. Thank you for your time. Have a great night and uh, uh, be safe. You too. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.